our health and nutrition sometimes get pushed super low on the totem pole of our priorities, and losing weight and getting healthy can feel a bit like a roller coaster. But my guest today shows teachers a new path to health and well-being. Sonia Dhaliwal believes that we need to look at food through the lens of fuel, because this is how we get out of a dieter's mindset and take a look at nutrition as an integral part of our overall well-being as a whole person. You are definitely going to want to take notes for this episode. And after you listen, be sure to check out Break Time, which is the monthly Empowered Educator subscription that gives you access to an incredible video library of self-regulation strategies, as well as monthly group coaching calls with me. So head on over to EmpoweredEducator.com slash resources after the show. Remember all the passion and vision you had when you first went into teaching? Feeling like building young minds and creating community through your work would make a lasting impact on this world? Well, those days may feel like they're behind you now because you're exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed and frustrated, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be like this. In fact, the love of teaching never really went away but it absolutely needs transformation. Welcome to the Take Notes Podcast. I'm Jen Rafferty, former music teacher, mom of two, and certified emotional intelligence practitioner. And I'm here to light the way for you. In order to create a generational change for our kids, we need to shift the paradigm away from the perpetual stress and overwhelm and into a life of joy and fulfillment. This is Education 2.0, where you become the priority, shift how you live your life, and how you show up both at work and at home. So take a sip of steamy morning coffee and grab your notebook. It's time to take notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Take Notes. I am Jen Rafferty, of course, and it's so good to share with you this spectacular guest that I have today. This is Sonia Dhaliwal, and she is a weight loss coach for teachers and is all about helping teacher moms struggling with the weight loss roller coaster. She helps them lose weight for good with one-on-one coaching and believes in finding foods that help teachers feel fueled, learning ways to sneak in some self-care and exploring how areas off the plate can affect the progress of one's weight loss goals. This is such an important conversation to have because there are so many of us who are on this journey to get really healthy with our bodies. You know, when we talk about self-care and empowered educator world, it is so multifaceted. Nutrition and health is a piece of that puzzle. It's really easy to kind of get into a rut about what we're eating. I know that we oftentimes just eat the same things or we eat for convenience. And so while we say we want to lose weight and get healthy, oftentimes our habits tell us or dictate what we do otherwise. So I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Thank you so much, Sonia, for being here. Thank you, Jen, for having me on. Very excited to be here. I would just love to know, you know, how you got started on this journey and what led you here to making this part of your passion in helping teachers getting healthy this way. Yeah, I have a background in elementary education, have been teaching a little over 11 years, you know, kindergarten all the way through sixth grade. Loved working with them, but have always kind of in the back of my mind been playing a lot with health, especially in the weight loss realm. I would find myself driving to school, listening to podcasts or books on audio 
a lot about weight loss, trying to figure out if there was some kind of secret that's out there that I just didn't know about. It's been a struggle probably since I was back in elementary school, always very well aware of my body size being a bit larger, having kind of that background even in our house of just always having dieters mindset going on and just noticing that that struggle was kind of consuming a lot of my everyday activities. My wake-up call was actually during my second pregnancy where I battled preeclampsia just in the last weeks, you know, where you have the high blood pressure. And the one way to deal with that is unfortunately inducing labor. That was the one thing I didn't want to go through again. I had it with my daughter, but they didn't suspect it would happen. So we didn't really prepare for that. And as I'm laying there, kind of having these thoughts in my head, I said, this is it. Enough's enough. This was not what you anticipated. And I feel like this was in my control to an extent, even though I had doctors saying there was nothing you could have done to prevent this. I said, after I'm done kind of having him and getting back home, it's time to do some research and see if we can kind of figure out, was there something that could be done? And as I came home, I started researching a little bit about preeclampsia, noticing that women who are obese tend to have a higher chance of having that happen to them, unfortunately. And that's where it just kind of hit home. It was like, okay, now it's no longer just you. Now this is affecting your family. And what's going to happen in the long run? And I started hearing about heart complications that can come up after you've battled preeclampsia. And I said, no, like I'm ready to be here for them forever. I want to see their kids someday. This has got to change. And so I started kind of looking around at different nutrition schools. I found the Institute for Integrative Nutrition Loved their model, loved the fact that they were really trying to help people get out of the dieter's mindset, looking at true holistic health. And so the thought started, of, well, maybe I was never really truly taught what I should be eating, what I should be doing to take care of myself. So I joined. I said, well, I'm home nursing him. The other one's going to be going off to preschool. I've got time. So I started studying, really got into it, started kind of playing around with the idea of health coaching. And I said, you know what? There's women that need this. There's women that don't know these concepts, unfortunately, that I'm being taught. A lot of people just see calories in, calories out. And it's just that mindset shift that just kind of all of a sudden was like, we're taking care of the whole person here. And as soon as I started thinking that way, I didn't have to start measuring things on my plate any longer. I started playing with all these different ways of eating and the weight started coming off. You know, I would journal, but it was journaling in a new way. And as soon as I started thinking in this kind of whole body concept for the long term, no longer just worrying about the losing of weight, but truly what are you doing to take care of yourself? The pounds started coming off. And as I started thinking about that, I thought about educators and I thought of a lot of the educators that I've been around my entire life and the talks we'd have in the lunchroom. You know, we'd all sit down with our salads and somebody's doing keto, somebody's doing paleo. Everybody had their talk about that. And I said, we could use this even in education. Teachers could use that extra support all around the place. And that's kind of what brought me full circle back into working with educators, because I just feel like, especially in the past couple of years, they've just been pulled through knotholes. And I said, they need that support. And so that kind of what led me back to working with teacher moms and helping them accomplish some of these goals and learn how to truly take care of themselves so that they can lose the weight and actually feel comfortable again. 
That's fantastic. And that's something that was immediately why I was kind of drawn to you and why I wanted to have you on this podcast is because you do focus on educators. And it's such an interesting spot to focus on because, again, educators need as much support as they can get and community and a way for them to just feel as if they can lean on that community. And we need to build that. It's so nice to hear there are these pockets of people who are building community for educators to really focus on themselves so they can show up as their best self to teach the kids and have the impact that they want to make. There are so many things that you said that I wanted to hit on. But the first thing is your mindset at the beginning of your journey of always thinking that there was this secret that you were missing I think that's really an important thing to talk about because oftentimes when we're in this lack or scarcity mindset, we're thinking to ourselves, well, if I just did this one thing, I just feel like I'm missing it. But you seem to have discovered that the secret was actually something that you knew and you had in you all along. Is that accurate? Yes. I think it was just that, like you said, the secret being, is there one certain way to do this? And I think just hearing it's going to be different for everybody was almost like a sigh of relief. You know, everybody keeps seeing these ads and I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And I think just knowing that it's not like you do this kind of like it's my fault, unfortunately, game in your head and finally realizing that, no, it's not. It's just you haven't been shown in this way was just a definite breath of fresh air to hear that. Yes, perhaps the secret, if we're going to call it that, is that this is a skill set that needs to be learned explicitly And you have to discover a skill set that works for you. Yep. It's all about that. We call it, term I learned was bioindividuality at IIN. And it's just this, what works for you may not work for me and it's okay. Right. And it is all perfectly, beautifully okay. You know, the other thing you talk about is this dieter's mindset. And I would love for you to just take some time to explain that a little bit, because I think that's so much a part of the air that we breathe that we don't even know that we're in this mindset. To me, it's this idea of kind of the good food versus the bad food, whether it's been counting calories for years or points, or even just growing up in a way where people would put food on your plate and say, well, if you don't eat your veggies, you're not going to get your dessert. And this clean plate kind of group that some of us grew up with, this idea that these veggies, this produce, these are the good foods, but you're not going to get that dessert because it's kind of termed because of the high calorie content or the sugar level to it. No longer is it just about the nutrition, but it's really about what's it going to do to your body? You know, it's going to plump us up. So we shouldn't be eating these kinds of things. And the more you hear it in the house, even just subtly, it's amazing how we pick up on that. And for years, we hold on to it. I mean, even on weekends, I'll still kind of feel myself thinking about, well, should I have that little piece of birthday cake at the party? Well, what's it going to do to me? Yes. You know, you can choose to have it, but you need to be thinking about well, what's it doing truly to me? Does it feel okay after I have it? And so teaching that idea of we're going to start to kind of go more inward and not so much just be thinking about this good food versus bad food mindset because we grew up with that. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I mean, all of that resonates with me. I remember being a kid and watching my mom either count calories or points as a kid, preteen. Even before that, now that I'm thinking, it was all of those things that you were saying are completely resonating. It was finish your plate. There was some shame or guilt about that too, right? And that just, again, no fault of our parents. They grew up with parents who, or the generation of the depression, you didn't waste anything, you know? So even those generational values about food are dripped down to us. So we inherit them whether we realize it or not. But you're totally right that 
that affects the way that even now, as I consider myself someone who has done the work around nutrition and food, and I have like whole team, I like my nutritionist, and I have my chiropractor, and I have my fitness trainer, you know, like all of these people. But even still, it's so deeply ingrained in us of the negative feelings that are attached to food. And I really like what you said is if you're going to make a choice, it's about going inward. And does this feel good? That's a huge shift looking inward. Yeah, very much so. So how do you teach that when you're working with clients? How do you talk about going from the external calorie counting and points and whatever other system you're going for, carbs, you know, whatever, like, <laughs> you know, yep. add, add it to the list, fat, right? Remember the whole yes. like fat-free thing? In the oh, 90s? yeah. That was the thing. You know, how do you then shift it to what's happening introspectively? I introduced them to a concept called crowding out. And I really, in the beginning, it's a lot of weeks focusing on instead of taking off of our plate, Let's try putting some of these things that we know can be really wholesome, nutritious food for us on the plate. So really pushing for a lot more produce and saying, you know, it's okay if you're going to make that beautiful, cheesy, layered lasagna, but let's really focus on what's on this other half of the plate. Let's get some roasted broccoli on there. Let's get some fruit on there. I feel like we do it with our little ones at home and we forget to do it on our own plates, unfortunately. And just this idea of we're slowly going to get more of this nutritious food on our plate. And I want you to start paying attention to how do you feel after that meal? So I give them a little food journal where they can just kind of quick jot down. Do I feel bloated after this? Do I feel energetic? Could I go get some movement in after? Or am I so full I have to go sit down for a long period of time? So really teaching them to kind of journal. And I even in the beginning give them kind of more of a little grid that they put like little smiley faces or things that if they can't have the time, because some of us I know are so on the go and busy or have done food tracking for so long, unfortunately brings this whole negativity to it. So shifting it and really focusing on how can we really quickly just evaluate? How do we feel before the meal? You know, what's our hunger level? And then how do I feel after? And if after I had that sandwich, I'm noticing I'm really tired in the afternoon. Maybe we need to start swapping some things that are on that plate. And I slowly get them to start doing some more healthy swaps after they start to understand this idea of that crowding out. Just So just really starting with, we're not going to take stuff off, but we're going to really start to focus on what do I have? What can I add? And how do I feel after? That is so important. And I think that awareness is everything. Like you said, sometimes a new program or a new initiative seems really cumbersome and there might be a past history with some negativity about it or it's like, oh, this is just another thing now that I have to do. But I think, again, it's just changing that mindset, as you said, of prioritizing that evaluation. Because if you were to truly make your body your number one priority, there would be no question that you would take a moment after a meal if there's something that you were committing to, to evaluate what's going on. And that's, I think, also the difference between being interested in something and being really committed to doing something. Absolutely. It is about getting that right cap on in the morning and thinking about, I am going to start to put myself first. I am going to take a moment to pause and understand what's happening, whether it needs to be food-wise or even movement-wise. Fitness people, I feel like, start to tune in with that piece and realizing what should I work on today because this feels kind of sore and just really treating this as your number one priority. 
Right. And it's, again, living with that intention, which is yes. really all about what Empowered Educator is about. It's having this idea of who you are now, but more importantly, where you want to be, and then making decisions that align with your future self, not your current self. Because if your current self had all of the things, you'd be there already. <laughs> yeah, sure. you have to continue to make those decisions. And that means being really intentional when you get up in the morning is waking up and being that person. What would that person do? That person would take a moment after and evaluate how I'm feeling and multiple times throughout the day. The other thing that I think is important here that I'm assuming here that you work on with your clients is changing that perspective of putting yourself first because especially as women, moms, teachers, and if you're all three, and of course, men experience this too, but women experience this on a much different level, shifting from being the martyr and being a selfless person to everyone else in your life to, wait a second, I now need to shift my mindset to, I am my number one priority. That's a huge radical shift. So how do you talk your clients through that process? That's one of the pieces that we do probably kind of as they're starting to feel more comfortable with the food piece. We start talking about what I call the primary foods. And those are the things off the plate. What are the things that bring us joy? How do we feel about our career at the moment? How do I feel about the physical activity I'm getting in the day? And I explain that this is just as important as what's on the plate. And that's probably the piece that when I first start with the client, they're a little bit more hesitant on because they feel, hey, my circle's complete. We do a little activity called the circle of life and they evaluate how all of those pillars are and how do I feel in the current moment? Is it a complete circle or is it looking more like a fancy cobweb and there's some areas that I need to go back and look into? I think we forget just how much that affects what's coming on that plate, that motivation piece in the morning. You know, we just, especially as educators have this you know, gumption and this, I can do it all. If I'm not going to do it. Who else is going to do it? And it comes out in the home very strongly as well. And, you know, it's great that we're go-getters, but I think we're just so much into that. We, like you said, just kind of forget to take care of us and to put that cap on in the morning and say that we do need to start thinking about what's going to help us get through that day. And I like to tell clients, I want you to imagine what it's going to look like six months from now. Who is that woman going to be Let's start being her today. Start thinking you're there instead of that. Oh, I wish I could wear that dress, but I have this pear shape and the other. It's that negative self-talk that starts in. We do go through that circle of life tool one by one. I have them evaluate it. And then if there's a spot that they feel like I'd actually like to look into this area a little bit more, we can dive into that together. You talk kind of generally about it. What specific uh -huh. things are a part of that that model, that circle of life model? That you Let's see, joy is on there, your career, your physical activity, spirituality, relationships. You know, do you feel like you're getting that social peace time in, even that relationship in the home if you're married to somebody? A lot of kind of the social emotional piece is what's really being tapped into. Right. And that plays a huge role. You know, if, even if you're eating all the right things, but you're feeling stressed out all the time, you're not metabolizing them in a way that's helpful either. So that's a really important piece. And again, super aligned, you know, with what we talk about here, it's well-being and self-care is not just one thing. It's this real holistic idea of who are you in that present moment? How do you feel? And where do you want to go? And having all those pieces aligned is really important. So I, I want to know for people listening, what's something that you can share that they can do today? 
Well, one of the things I like to offer, I do kind of a little short, call it kind of like an e-course. It's four little videos with a handout with a lot of this just kind of briefly introduced. And in each of the videos, I do go over, I call them my pillars of the weight loss piece, starting out with the concept of what is the problem with dieting? Kind of looking back as to where am I coming from before I want to start this journey? And then we look a little bit into, I teach the hunger cues and it's it's quite a lengthy little, almost like a, a number line where I teach them to look at it. Your bodies can go all the way from the negatives all the way to the positive. The positive 10 being I'm way too full to more of a neutral. Yeah, I could think about food right now or I'm okay to all the way to the negatives of I need to have something, my body, my blood sugar levels going all over. Because a lot of us, I think, have that fear of being hungry. And I'm trying to help us understand it's okay sometimes when you're hungry. That's just your body's way of letting you know what it needs. I do teach the um, process of crowding out. So kind of walking through of what you can start to make your plate look like. So just these tiny little steps. So it's not feeling that overwhelmed. And then even just that body check-in, I have like a little chart on this cheat sheet, we'll call it. It's just a little one-page handout of how you can start to track that today. So it's just tiny little steps I can implement. It doesn't feel like this big, heavy shift that you have to make. It's just tiny little steps today we can do. Believe it or not, that'll actually start to kind of cue you into what's happening. And you can actually start to lose, believe it or not, in your first couple of weeks, just paying attention to these things. Yeah. So, you know, you're someone who's like, oh, I'm kind of feeling stuck. And I think there's this negative feedback loop that happens, you know, at least for me, my go-to is when I'm stressed or when I'm feeling activated by something. Even if my kiddos are like having a day and they're just it went like ah, and and then I, my go-to is go to the refrigerator or go to yeah. the freezer. But my awareness of that has been a game changer because now even if I'm walking, even if the door is open, even if my hand goes into the freezer, there's this moment now of awareness that I can then make a conscious choice. Is this something that I'm doing because I'm feeling good because I'm hungry or is this actually a stress response? Right. I have a lot of women come to me and say, what do you do about these cravings? And it's not just a black and white answer. It is going back into what's causing this, what's happening right before it. Like you said, you know, the kids are acting out or I had a negative teacher evaluation when she came in to observe me today. And there could be something actually causing this to happen. We walked through the steps of even just it could be a family food that I've had for years and all of a sudden I've said, nope, can't have that anymore because it's too high in calories or fat or even something you just even hormonally might even just need in the moment. It's just your body's way of saying you need this and maybe you do need to give it just a little dose of it. But a lot of them come to me scared, you know, I'm, I'm always craving this at night. Even just a simple fix of why don't we throw some more fruit on in the evening in your plate? Maybe that's why you need that chocolate at the end of every meal. You don't Give yourself something truly sweet and your body's saying, hello, you've had a lot of salty food. Give me something else now. You know, it's just the founder of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition says, think of your body like a computer. And I said, he's right. You know, it really does send you messages. It's just slowing down to get in tune with that. Absolutely. Because you're right. Our body sends us messages all of the time. We're just terrible listeners. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're just too much on the go. Right. And no one ever taught us or modeled for us the importance True of listening to our body, which is, again, why I think serving teachers in this way is so important because not only are you allowing the teachers to then have enough 
space to hold for the children that they serve and the other people in their life. But we're also modeling a different way for our kids, right? We're showing them that there's something else that it doesn't always have to be. We don't listen to our body. They see the adults in their lives making that a priority. And that truly is the game changer. Absolutely. I feel like it's easy for us, especially as educators, to go in and do that talk. But if we're not really living in ourselves, they're not going to, whether it's the kids in the classroom, even your own kids, especially your own kids at home, they get to see the background of that. And absolutely being that role model piece. Yeah, that is huge. And so I want to take it back to the faculty room for the like the lunchroom for a second, because ah, it's yeah. the place where, you know, when you describe that, we all know what that's like. We're all sitting there with our salads and, oh, I'm having a little spray dressing because the dressing <laughs> is very too much or like this, yes. this one or this one. We're comparing recipes and whatever. We're all so familiar with that space. So if there is somebody who is actively making changes in their lives and surrounded by other people who are immersed in this dieters mindset, what are some ways that they can communicate or navigate those spaces when they're changing, but everyone else around them seems to still be in that lack and scarcity dieters mindset? I actually had a gal this week say, as they're going back in for all these PDs, the admins bringing lunch, and I want to make healthier choices, but I don't want the talk to start. And I said, a lot of us if we're not familiar with this, we're all going to come in with our own background knowledge. We're all going to come in with just, you know, unfortunately what we know. And you can go about it a couple of ways. You can make your healthy swaps of what's brought in. So you're not bringing something completely different. You know, like I know that a lot of times districts will bring in, you know, subway kind of sandwich things. And we talked about have that if that does feel okay to you and you feel okay having those items. And then let's think about some things you can tweak with it or bring something on the side so that you feel like you're having that same food with your colleagues, but you also feel like you need something more to keep you going in the day. And so, you know, don't be afraid to share with them. I've decided over the summer some healthier shifts that I can make. And I realized that when I'm having the salad with no dressing, that I'm not feeling full. You know, within an hour, I hit a slump and I'm hungry and cranky. And I've decided that I need to try these things and I'll let you know how it goes. You know, just I think putting it on yourself that you're trying something is okay to share that. I feel like we tell our kids all the time to kind of use those I messages and don't be afraid to share that with them. And, you know, there is no maybe specific name for what you're doing or philosophy necessarily. You can just say, I'm, you know, I'm trying out these new ways and I'll let you know how it goes. And there's a lot of power in using our voice in that way. You know, when, when you say it out loud, it's declarative. Every, every time we, yeah. we say the word that leave our lips are always declarative and affirmative, whether we realize it or not, we underestimate the power in that. And if that's comfortable to share, it's more for you almost than for that other person. Yeah. And they may take interest. It's amazing. We hear about it and we say, hey, maybe there's something I'm lacking, right? Being willing to try it and maybe have a little buddy system is always awesome if it does work out that way. But you are going to have those people that have done all these different diets and say, you know, I'll tell you exactly what will work. And you got to just kind of unfortunately tune that out sometimes. Sure. Because at the end of the day, what other people think is none of your business. Right. right. <laughs> and yours yes. is really the only opinion that matters to you. Right. That's the most right. important opinion for you is your own opinion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, navigating that is definitely something to consider and always do what feels good, even if that means maybe not saying anything. 
it's got to feel good. And like anything else that's new or different, there's going to be levels of discomfort and growing pains as you kind of shift and expand into this new version of yourself, even as you're going through the process and leaning into that is where the joy comes in. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. And before we go, I would love to ask you the question that I ask everyone who comes on this podcast is what is your dream for the future of education? Well, I would love to see teachers not thinking of it as selfish to start putting their needs first, whether it be being okay with taking off at least five, 10 minutes after the kids leave, the bell's done, not feeling this need that I have to stay here for this many hours, not comparing themselves to the colleagues who are around them And just knowing that I'm doing what I need to be doing right now for the season that I'm in and just not beating themselves up so that when you do return to the classroom, you're in this mindset of this positivity, this joy is radiating from you that these kids are attracted to. They feel it. They're learning. Even as a career standpoint, after I go to college, I can do this job and I can look how happy I'm still going to be. And just this understanding that the light at the end of the tunnel is bright and just radiating. And that motivation is just coming out of you so much because you've taken that time to truly learn what you yourself need and knowing it's okay if it's different from that colleague next door. Yes, that is a game changer. So you mentioned a mini course that they can take, but I'm wondering if you can share, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about the work that you do or want to work with you? Sure. So I've got a website that's called Wild Heart Mamas. I'm the founder of that. So if you go to www.wildheartmamas, and it's M-O-M-M-A-S, that can be confusing, .com, you can find out a little bit more about me there. And you can actually download a little jumpstart guide. It's called Teacher's Objective, Losing for the Last Time, because that's what we want to do is be losing. And that's the end of this story. It's a lifelong journey, but it's going to be the end of that. And you can click get that free guide and I will email that right out to you. I do have a little community on Facebook. It's a Facebook group called Weight Loss for Teacher Moms. And that's a great way to kind of be introduced to, I know for some listeners, they've never looked into health coaching. And it's just kind of a nice way to dip your feet in gently. And I do a lot of workshops, challenges, a lot of content that I feel like is very valuable And it just kind of gives you some ways you can start now. And if it feels like something that will be worthwhile and that you want to dive into deeper, then you can certainly just direct message me on there or you can sign up for a free discovery call. And in that is a good spot where we can talk a little bit about my program and see if, you know, it's a good match to work one-on-one together, just so you've got that kind of accountability partner. It's not just going to be me meeting with you saying, okay, you're going to do this and this and this, and then we're done and you're cured for life. But it's really walking through the steps of what you're already doing, what you want to start doing. So you've just got that person in your back pocket to always reach out to. And I do keep in touch with my clients just almost If it's not a daily basis, it's definitely weekly. We meet once a week, but then we chat in between and they're sending me photos and asking questions. And we've got kind of a little text messaging system going. And that was one piece that I really wanted to offer because I knew that in the past when I did programs, I might have a health coach, but we met once a week and then we had our 15 minutes the next week. And it just, there was a disconnect. I couldn't do things in real life because I felt like I had to do what she said and we would only meet once a week and you need that person you can go to and ask things along the way. And I love to be that for my teacher moms. Oh, a hundred percent. And that is so valuable 
just to, again, feel supported where you can really lean in to this and lean on someone. And I love coaching. Like I said before, I have, I have a whole team. You know, I just mentioned a couple of the people. I, I have coaches in lots of different areas, too, because yeah. you can't read the label from inside the wine bottle. Yeah. <laughs> You just, you just can't. And yeah. so you need somebody who is looking at it from another perspective. Again, not to tell you what to do, but oftentimes just reflect back to you on the things mm-hmm. that you're doing and saying. And whether that's in the arena of health coaching or something else, this is how we truly learn and grow and expand is, is by, again, I'm going to say leaning on community that, that we built for ourselves. And there's something that's incredibly valuable in creating that and modeling that for the people in your life too. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, I am so glad that we had a chance to chat today and I admire the work that you're doing and it's very exciting and the healthier we can be, the longer we can be around and maintain a healthy longevity, not just in our careers, but in our lifetimes for our kids and our grandkids. So thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed getting to sit and chat with you. Yes. And I know this will not be the last time that we chat. No, that's right. Um, Fantastic. So if you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more about Sonia, go ahead and check out those podcast notes at the bottom and we'll see you next time on Take Notes. Incredible, right? Together, we can revolutionize the face of education. It's all possible, and it's all here for you right now. Let's keep the conversation going at Empowered Educator Faculty Room on Facebook.